Well, good morning. Yeah, good morning, and good morning to everyone watching online. Great to see you this morning. Happy last day of COVID mandates in New Brunswick. <laughs> Woo! Um, some people will choose to continue to wear a mask, and that's okay, as long as it's not a Halloween mask, or, you know, don't come in uh, wearing a Halloween mask. And uh, people have actually been wearing masks to church forever, but that's a sermon for another day. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I hope this is fun this morning. It's, it's supposed to be. And I might blow a gasket this morning up here. And, uh, and so I'm not sure what's going to happen, but it should be fun. This is week six of our Colossians series. And uh, we've made it to chapter two. It took us, yeah, six weeks to get through chapter one. And in chapter two, Paul loops in uh, another church uh, the church, another church planted by Epaphras, it's the church in Laodicea that he, he kind of loops in on this discussion, and he wants these churches to know how much he has agonized for them. Now, I've, I've agonized for churches, and I've agonized because of churches. Yeah? You know what I mean? Um, they've, they've, churches have brought me great joy, and churches have brought me great pain. And Paul is trying to see them, his, 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 the way that he's agonizing, he wants them to see how uh, strenuously he has been cheering them on, is the, the idea. And he wants all of God's best for the church. And he wants them to thrive, and he wants them to grow deep and wide, and he wants them to overcome all of their obstacles, and he gives them a vision of the church where people are encouraged, and they're knit together by strong ties of love. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing what he does here in this text this morning. There is a picture of the church in the New Testament that is beautiful. It, it really is. And uh, she's the bride of Christ. And church in the New Testament was literally the most exciting thing on planet Earth. It was thrilling, and it was wild, and it was loving, and it was radical, and it was unstoppable. Uh, just something that, that people wanted to be a part of. I love going back to Acts chapter 2, where the church started. And there was an explosion, like literally an explosion of the Holy Spirit. And thousands of people were saved and baptized. And Peter preached for a very long time. A very, very long. He just kept preaching and preaching and preaching. And they kept meeting together. These people said, like, let's, let's get together tomorrow. Okay, we're going to your house. And they just kept meeting together in, in each other's homes. And Acts chapter 2 says that they shared everything that they had. Like there was a spirit of, of family and community that was, it was off the charts. Um, they sold their own stuff to meet the needs of others. Oh, you've got a need? Well, I've got this thing. I'll go sell this thing, and we'll meet your need. Like, it was crazy, right? It was, it was radical. And they sang together, and they prayed together, and they shared communion together. And there was something then that was forged in their fellowship that could not be broken. Right? They, were, they, were, they were galvanized. They were welded together by, by this love, this sense of community that they had for each other. And so the church should be a source of joy. 
Like, like, no one should, you know, you shouldn't have to drag yourself to church, although this is Time Change Sunday, and I do feel like I need to stick my head in a bucket of coffee, boiled bean juice. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, you shouldn't, like, you should, honestly, you should be, like, running to church. Like, 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 it should be just thrilling. It should be, like, I cannot wait to get there, you know? Um, that's the way that, that church should be. You should be counting sleeps until church. You should leave here on Sunday thinking that was incredible. That was off the charts. That was unhooked. That was just, that was wild, right? Like people from Disney should be, should be more excited about coming home and going to church, right? I like Disney. Um, but you should leave here on Sunday just thinking that was amazing and thinking, I, I can't wait to tell everybody at work what, what, what I did yesterday, what God did yesterday. Like, they won't believe how, how awesome church was. People were healed and forgiven and chains were broken and God's presence was there and it was one big family and I could have stayed all day. But they locked the doors and told me I needed to go home. <laughs> I mean, church should be that way, right? And I've, I've, I've been both ways. I've, there's been times when I've agonized in a good way over church, and I just, oh, I just love it. And there have been times when I have agonized over church, and oh, God help us all. Like, what have we done, you know? What have we done? So we've all had bad church experiences, right, myself included, um, but, but not as bad as Jesus. It was the religious crowd that killed him. So none of us have yet been crucified by the church. So your bad experience isn't as bad as his. Uh, well, when we leave here today, I, I hope that you go out of here um, loving the church and loving this church in particular. I, I hope your love for Crosspoint just goes through the roof this morning and that you just leave here, like, rededicated, recommitted to this idea of church, that this thing matters, and um, that we recommit to God's invitation to make and keep church a priority in our lives, all right? All right. If you can't tell online, they're all clapping in here. They're pumped. They're, they're fired up. I love it. First, first service on a time change Sunday, and they're fired up. Way to go. Okay, so let's read the text, Colossians chapter 2. We're going to read 1 through to 5. Paul says, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want Crosspoint to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. That'll be me when I'm on Graham and Ann in a, in a few weeks. Um, Though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. And I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. I love Crosspoint. 
I really do. I, I love, honestly, I love everything about this place. And I, I feel spiritually at home when I'm here, and I feel physically at home when I'm on Graham and Anne. If I told you that there's not an ounce, not a flake of snow on Graham and Anne right now, would you be happy for me? Wouldn't you say, wouldn't you agree that that's a pretty neat place? Uh, I had a neighbor tell me the other day that her crocuses are coming up. I know, don't you, isn't it? We should all just move. Why don't we move Crosspoint to Graham and Anne? Okay, okay, okay. So I feel spiritually at home here when I'm here, and I feel physically at home when I'm there. But there's, there's something about this church that on, on Sunday mornings, there's something that I feel here, and I know it's not all about feelings, but there's something that I feel here on Sunday mornings that I don't feel um, when I'm at church in other places. So there's something ab- about this place that I just, I just love. This is a church that I would attend if I wasn't working here. This is a church that I would choose to attend if you weren't paying me. Right now you pay me to, sh- to attend. But if you weren't paying me to attend, this is still the church. I'd come here for nothing. <laughs> Most of you do come here for nothing. I tithe, just like you do. I tithe and give and everything else, just like you do. Um, I even like the people here. You know, and that's, that, you know, when you go to a church, you, you know, you need, it's good to even like the people who go. Now, you won't like all the people. Um, that's okay. And, and, you know, it won't matter when we get to heaven, right? It, it won't matter. It's, it, it's all good. It's all good. Um, next week, you're going to vote on a new lead pastor. Who is, who is not new to any of us. He's new, but not new, right? He's the old new or the new old or something like that. I don't know what you are, but you're here and we love you. And it feels very much like God has preparing um, John and Kelsey and us and Fredericton and, and COVID restrictions, glory, hallelujah, yes, and spring and the work of the Holy Spirit in our services the last several weeks. Like, like to me, that, all of that is coming together for a reason. There's a very real, a very real stirring of God uh, here at Crosspoint, especially in the last several weeks. Okay, so that, that's been true, and a lot of us have, have noticed that. And we need to rally around John and Kelsey, and I know that you will. I love the applause. Keep it coming. If second service doesn't applaud, um, what are we going to do, Pierre? We're, yeah, we're going to wake him up. Um, we need to rally around John and Kelsey, and I know you will, but we also need to rally around Crosspoint. All right? I, I, I hope you hear me. I'm not a shouter, but, but I hope you hear me really, really, really uh, blaring that this morning, that it's time for us to rally around this church that we love called Crosspoint. She needs us, okay? She needs us right now in, in this season. Crosspoint needs our love. And we need to rally around God's plan for the church. This um, ecclesia, it was called the fellowship. 
these groups. We need to rally around this idea of getting together as a, as a group, as a fellowship, as a family, as a community. This matters. There are groups like this that are happening lit- all over the world, like literally like a, like a third of the world, like billions of people love Jesus and serve Jesus and get together weekly or even more often to do what we're doing right here. We need to rally around this idea of church, this idea of these, these uh, fellowships of Jesus, taking the message of Jesus, being the hands and feet of Jesus, and loving each other, and loving our world towards Jesus. There is nothing like the local church when the local church is working right. There's nothing like it. There's nothing worse when the church is messed up. Right? Like when the church is broke, it's just like bathing a cat or chewing on tinfoil. Like there's nothing worse. Right? But man, when it's working right, when the church is humming and working right, there is nothing like it. So there were, we were going to find out there were um, at least three churches within a few miles of each other that, uh, that probably received the same letter that we call Colossians. Uh, there was the Colossian church, there was Laodicea that Paul mentions, and there was a third one called Aeropolis. And the word that Paul used for agonized is, uh, it was the Greek word agwon, agwon is what the word was. And as a noun, agwon meant a place of contest, like a stadium, like a hockey rink, where you go and compete. That was, that was it as a noun. As a verb, it meant to contend with intense effort. This agonizing that Paul was doing for the church meant to contend with intense effort. And specifically in these verses, he desperately, you know, writing as a a pastor, as an overseer, he just desperately wants these people to be encouraged and knit together. And I just, I just stand here this morning just desperately wanting you to be encouraged and, and knit together. And this is not my last sermon. It sounds like it, but it, well, it could be, I guess, if you get rid of me. But, but as far as I know, it's not my last last. But I, when I leave here, when I check out in a few weeks, I want to leave here knowing that Crosspoint is encouraged and that you are knit together. I, I'll be a happy camper, you know, drinking coffee on Graham and Ann, knowing that this place is encouraged and knit together. Now, both of those ideas, encouraged and knit together, um, they refer to, to strengthening and growing stronger. Encouraged means to be strengthened in your heart, the deepest part of you. And knit together is to be strengthened in community, loving one another unconditionally and, and relentlessly. So they're both talking about being, being strengthened. It's loving God, that, that's the encouraged part, and loving others is the knit together part. And it sounds, I mean, it sounds basic. You're like, okay, yeah, love God, love others. We know, we get it. We've heard that a million times before. But it's actually very deep. It's, it's not easy. It's very deep. And if we get serious about it, like, like if you get like, like determined, you know, dead serious about this today, I am going to love God more than anything else with every 
ounce of fiber in my being, and I'm going to love every single person in this community like like never be like like you see what I mean? Like if you get serious about it, and you say I'm 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 going to do that. Well, it, it it's it's radical, and uh, it will require a radical reorientation of of every every part of you to come back to the things of God, and it's not very popular. Um, in Scripture, the heart, uh, Paul says encourage, being strengthened in your heart. In Scripture, the heart represents all of you. It's your will. It's your thinking. Um, it, it's your being. It's the deepest desires and pursuit of your life. Ezekiel chapter 36, 26 And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you, and I will take out your stony and stubborn heart. Go ahead and elbow somebody next to you. That was for you. I think that that one was for you. I will take out your stony and stubborn heart, and I will give you a tender and responsive heart. Do you need a heart transplant, a resuscitation? And God's plan was for groups of people just like us to, to center together, to gather together around him and to, listen gang, to completely orient our lives, every part of our lives around knowing him fully and completely and wholeheartedly surrendering our lives to him. Like his plan was for groups of people like us. Are you getting this this morning? Groups of people like us to gather together like this and completely, wholeheartedly orient every part of our lives around around him. It was the same church in Laodicea that was called out in the book of Revelation for being lazy, lukewarm, and unacceptable. God wouldn't accept it. That was the church in Laodicea. And it's a cheap offering that costs us nothing, you know, when we get lazy, and, and God won't accept it. God won't accept our laziness. God won't accept a cheap offering. He wants all of you. All in the original Greek means how much of us does God want? He wants all of us, gang. He, in this, these gatherings, this is why church matters, to come in here at least on a weekly basis and say, all to Jesus I surrender. And to get, get it all straightened out and to get your life completely centered, oriented around him. It's radical. It is radical. The power of the church is directly related to God's presence in the people. The degree to which you and I say, Holy Spirit, come and fill my life. Come and change me. You know, rip out my stony, stubborn heart and give me a new heart. God's presence in the people, the degree to which we choose to allow the presence of God 
to permeate us and change us. The degree to which we determine, we agonize to make Jesus our priority is directly related to our effectiveness to be salt and light in the, in the community out there, right? We got to come in here on Sunday mornings and say, give me more of Jesus. Like, just fill me full of more of Jesus. Just saturate and permeate every ounce of my life. If you expect to be salt and light out there in the world, you've got to come in here and say, God, like, I give me all. Like, I want all of you all over every part of my life. Amen. Thank you, Pierre. I'm glad that... You're with me. When we get serious about the presence of God and the power of God and we want nothing more and we unclutter our lives, right? So much stuff in our lives that crowds God out of our lives. We unclutter our lives and orient everything around Jesus. That's the secret sauce right there. That's when a church becomes unstoppable. That's when, look out, that's when, 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 when Crosspoint really uh, comes alive and starts to make a difference in our community. Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Joel 2, 12 and 13. This is what the Lord says. Turn to me now while there is time. Like right now? <laughs> like right now. Like right now. Turn to me now while there is time, give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, mourning. Man, that's not lazy. What does God want? Fasting, weeping, mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief. Tear your hearts instead. Wow. Wow. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. I, I agonize for Crosspoint in a good way. I really do. I, I stink and love this church. I really, really, really do. I just love this church. And when, where there is... Um, I, I, I agonize for Crosspoint to, I want to see a, a time and a place where there's a revival in this room and this, this, this group just gets swept up in the spirit of God and every single person in this room just says, man, I want nothing more than Jesus. Bring it now. Bring it, bring it now. Something that ignites something wonderful and uncontainable for Jesus. And it, it starts, gang, it starts with with. Like right now, just like Joel said, like this is the time right now where we give our hearts to God, being encouraged, as Paul said, and strengthened in our love for all things Jesus. Now, if you've been with us since the beginning of this series, and if you haven't, go back to Colossians chapter 1 and just slowly read towards uh, this point, the early part of chapter 2. Um, where you can tell that, that there, Paul has been building this, this, this up. Paul's been, been, he's been, well, let me find my notes because I want to get this right. Uh, I'm completely lost, but it's okay. Um, 
You can see the text building towards this of fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's like Paul's been just illuminating who Christ is so that he gets our attention. You know, fix your eyes on Jesus. When we clear away all the distractions, um, and again, I could stand here all day and, and suggest to you what some of those distractions might be, but the Holy Spirit will help you with that. When we fast, like when was the time, last time you said, I, like, I'm just going to start fasting until I get more of Jesus in my life. Like, I, like I'm going to fast for my church. I'm going to fast for Crossbond. I'm going I'm to fast for Pastor John and Kelsey and the vote next week. Or I'm going to fast for revival. I'm going to fast until we see lives change. Like, like, you don't have to wait for us to get up here and say, you know, go home and fast. Like, like when was the last time we just said, I'm desperate for more of God? When we come back to prayer and worship with the kind of, of strenuous agonizing for more of Jesus, this is the work of the Holy Spirit, and he is faithful, and he will come. He will come if we're ready and if we're serious about wanting more. Encouraged means strengthened in our hearts towards God, and knit together means strengthened in our love towards others. Encouraged. Strengthened in our hearts towards God, knit together, is strengthened in our love towards others. You get the vertical first, and then the horizontal. Get the vertical first, and then the the relationships with other people. COVID has made it exceptionally hard for churches to stay knit together. Um, COVID has just unraveled us a little bit. It's just made it, it's just made it hard. Um, it's been hard to focus on ministry that would, that would foster healthy community and help us to really knit together as a, as a church. But the mandates are lifting. Like in 12 hours or so, they're lifting, all right? And doing church online, hello again online, we're glad that you're here Doing church online is, is okay, but it's not the same as being here. Okay? Um, and when the world got shut down a couple of years ago, we scrambled quickly and huge... I'm going to get my voice for the second service. It's, uh, I'm only 12 years old, and so it cracks a little bit. Huge props to Stephen Thomas and John Sherwood. For getting us a high, building us really, building us a high quality online experience. But that was never meant to replace church when you are physically capable of getting up, getting ready, cleaning off your car if it's unexpectedly snowing outside, like it was this morning, and going to church. The online deal was never meant to replace the fellowship of us being here together. So on the eve of the, the, the restrictions being lifted, next Sunday being, you know, a new start, 
we need to, we need to come back. It's time to come back. Now, we're glad you're watching online. Like if you're, wa- you're watching right now, we're glad you're watching online. But we need you here. If you can get up, if, if you're capable, if you're able, we need you here. Now, if you're sick or, you know, we understand. We obviously, if you're sick or something like that, or, or you're physically unable, we, we understand. We're not, we're not, we're not crazy. Um, but if you've just gotten comfortable watching at home or you just find it convenient, um, come next week in your pajamas if you have to. It's all right. And it's amazing how, how little of an obstacle it takes to keep us from coming to church. We can get in those habits of just anything at all will keep us home. And you've, you've driven through apocalyptic blizzards to get a pizza. Like you've driven through some wild stuff when you needed, right? When you needed fast food or something like that. But if it's raining, now nah, I'll just stay home. You know, if it's calling for snow, well, I'll just stay home. Um, if it's really nice, oh, let's go do something else because it's really nice, <laughs> right? Like, um, and I'm not saying, like, we, you know, we can't get away and do things. Again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not crazy. I'm just calling us back to making church matter, yeah. making church a higher priority in our lives. Yeah, we've got to do this. Um, attending church once every four, five, or six weeks is not regular attendance. We, we've gotten in the habit of thinking, well, I went a month or so ago. <laughs> like, and we need you here more than that. Um, we really do. So we all need to, be, we all need to become more regular. Do <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right? Um, and we're all stronger. We're stronger when we're all here together. Like, like if there's twice as many people here right now, this would feel like, man, we're going somewhere. We're doing something. We, you know, this really, really, really matters. And so we need you here. Cross, your church, Crosspoint, needs you. So I'm, I'm calling Crosspoint to, to reassemble like the Avengers. It's time to reassemble. God is going to do something great, and you don't want to miss it, and we need you to be a part of this. Um, Next Sunday. So next Sunday, you know, be here. Um, It's vote Sunday. There's no mandates. Crosspoint is cleaner than Costco. Fact. Did he say that? And, and, and. I mean, it's not as crowded as Costco. And um, if you leave your home for other reasons, you can leave your home to go to church. Amen. Yes, that's true. I'm leaving in a few weeks, so, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, some clarity around next week's vote. Keep smiling, okay? Some clarity around next week's vote. Every vote matters to John and Kelsey. The membership vote is the one that, that is binding as far as the district is concerned. But, but knowing the total number of cross-pointers who said yes matters to that guy right over there. So even if you're not a member and you think, well, 
why should I vote? Because I'm not a member. Vote, vote because it matters to, to John and Kelsey to know the church is with us. Um, members, just a word here on, on members, okay? Members are those who have taken a membership course here, and you have signed a document of membership here, and capital A-N-D, and you are current. Like you're, you're current in, your, in giving the cross point. You're current in attendance, whether that's uh, here or watching online. I mean current, like not last summer. I mean like, like you're with us. So it's giving attendance and your current in your support of Crosspoint and your current in your relationship with Jesus. So those are the membership things. If you're a member, you, you know all this to be true, okay? If you have not been attending or watching, you're not a member. How are we doing? If you haven't been giving, you're not a member. How are we doing? If your support for Crosspoint is in the sewer, and you've been telling everyone how awful we are, you're not a member. You signed a document saying, yes, I support that place. If it's obvious that you have no desire for following Jesus, you're not a member. Membership is for people who are with us. If next week you're coming out of the woodwork to just vote no, but you haven't been with us, you're not a member. Um, so we'll have, we'll have a membership list next week, and, uh, and after each service, we will hand out two different ballots, one for members and one for non-members, and uh, the first service, that's you, if you're here first service next Sunday, most likely you'll vote after the service and then leave, but if you really want to know the results, you can stay behind for, the, for after the, come to church twice is what I mean. Um, second service, we'll vote and stay because we'll tally up the votes and come back out in a few minutes and give you the results of the vote. And, and uh, so you can stay after the second service. And then we'll have a decision from the Sherwoods uh, on whether or not they accept our vote or whether or not they need time to think about it or pray about it or if they tell us all to go jump in the Nashwalk. So anyhow, that's how that'll roll. Baptism Sunday, jump in the Nashwalk. We should call Baptism Sunday, jump in the Nashwalk, literally. Um, so it is an initial call to serve as our lead pastor for two years. And then you vote again after two years. And at that time, you can either do a four-year call or what uh, we call an extended call, which means you're just here as our pastor and we review you every, every four years, I think it is. Next week should be exciting, right? Um, there should not be an ounce of tension in this room, not an ounce. Uh, like, it should, just be, it should just be party, glory, hallelujah, shouting ground. Let's get on with the business of God. I'm baking cookies all the time. Becky's making cookies. Woo! Yeah. If you didn't hear that online, Becky said, I'm making cookies all week. Bring your cookies. Bring your cookies cookies next Sunday. Um, Okay, let's read verses 3 to 5. John, the band can come up now, and uh, we're going to land the plane. We're actually going to drop the plane out of the air from 30,000 feet, so hang on. 
and then we're going we're gonna to blow the roof off with the closing song this morning, okay? Are you ready? Are you ready? This side's ready. This side. Come on now. Are you ready? All right. Here we go. Verse 3, in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should, that your faith in Christ is strong. Everything that Paul has said from the beginning of this letter, from verse 1-1 up until 2-3, everything has been building the case that Jesus is enough. Just keep your heart and your eyes and your, your, everything about you focused on Jesus. He, Paul says all of God's treasure and wisdom is in Jesus. Gayla and I watch um, Oak Island faithfully every week. And after about 12 years and 5,000 episodes and more holes than a hockey net, the curse of Oak Island has found a wonderful collection of sticks and, and mud, <laughs> Right? It's crazy. Not much treasure, but man, we keep watching every week, hoping. And Paul says that in Jesus, all the treasure of God can be found. In Jesus, all the mystery, all the wisdom of God, everything about God has been revealed and unveiled in Jesus. When Jesus was born, when Jesus walked with us, we saw God. When Jesus taught, when Jesus did so many miracles, when Jesus was crucified, buried, when Jesus rose again, when we dig deep into Jesus, we find all of God's treasure and all of God's wisdom. He is more than enough. He's everything that you need. Stop looking. Why are you looking? He's here. He's Jesus. He's everything. He, you can dig down deep into Jesus forever and you'll just, you won't find like sticks and mud like Oak Island. You will find all the treasure of God and all the wisdom and knowledge and everything that you need. You can just keep digging down into him and keep growing and learning about him. And Paul rejoices. Paul rejoices in the good things that he's hearing about these churches, and you want to go to a church like this. You want to go to a church that digs Jesus, where the people are hungry for more. And churches, church matters. Church is a priority, and loving each other is a priority. Where the hurting can come and not be judged, where the hurting can come and be loved towards Jesus. You want to go to a church that is just spilling over with kids and teenagers and young adults and singles and marrieds and, and chronologically experienced people, if you know what I mean. Where the worship is thrilling and the preaching is on fire and the coffee is hot. <laughs> 